0: If you want to get out of your situation, you have to find the 25th hour of the day and the eighth day of the week. And you have to have a job to support your dream. And you have to get up and work. You can't sit there and be a victim because you're only a victim once. And you have to make the best of what you have and be grateful for what you got. And if you have two arms and two legs and two eyes and two ears and you're a functional person, like, get up and go get it. You know, what are you waiting Mm -hmm. for?
1: please here we go we are live episode 294 295 95? i don't know man no the there usually know. does the countdowns i'm just here to talk <laughs> and today we have mr edwin also known as little eddie
0: what's up man what's up man How that's you doing? right
1: yep little eddie well, bro let the world
0: know who you are and what you do real quick yeah man my name is my name is little eddie i'm from spanish Harlem. i'm a singer-songwriter I've helped put some major acts together, big groups like Fifth Harmony and CNCO, and I worked with Simon Cowell. I was a judge on X Factor, the band, and um, yeah, a lot of things, man. I do a lot of things: singer, songwriter, artist, build records, and I, I just I'm, I'm deeply involved in music and artist development, and yeah, that's that's what I work. So, I mean that's
1: great well if you don't appreciate human you're uh, i mean if you don't appreciate music you're really not human so let's go talk about <laughs> your deep appreciation for music which is a whole nother level of appreciation right how did you get I mean, so deep into music as a whole
0: well i would i would say that um i would say that music found me i don't really like i didn't music saved my life like music really found me i i never really um did music for like fame or success or even livelihood initially. like It was something that I um, fell in love with um, by default. Just I was following my brother's footsteps and joining this choir, which was a ministry and a very famous choir. We sang backup for a lot of people. And it was it was my way out of the ghetto, my way out of the hood in New York City. And um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of um, incredible experiences like as a young at a young age, like singing for the Olympics in Japan and the vatican for the pope and Whoa. singing backup for a lot of celebrities like stevie wonder and al green and Hootie and the blowfish you know all um, i'm you, so sorry no nah, don't worry about that it you're, so cool. right. you're good you're good yeah, you're yeah. good right okay yeah. so you described but, but within, within doing that like yeah. that's how i found i found my voice and i found that music was what i wanted to do for the rest of my life it was um one of those things
1: I mean, it's an amazing story, and I really, i am pretty sure everyone who's hearing this now is gonna appreciate me for asking this. But you described Spanish Harlem as the ghetto, right? Uh, can you go into more details as to what you saw as a young child growing up in that neighborhood, sure. and that, and like describe to me. Let me, as an Arab yeah. who's you know halfway across the country or the world actually, like what is it like growing <laughs> yeah. up in such an environment?
0: Well, my is a little different. Like, when I was five, I had a nine fire in my building. I was born in Brooklyn, and um, the ninth fire left us all homeless. Mm. And I was homeless for two years. Um, I slept in my father's car until he had to sell it. Me and my whole family, then we, um, you know, stood on the streets. We, Our family really wasn't involved in us because my father was a gangster, and he was a dark-skinned Latino, and my mom was light-skinned. So there was a lot of prejudice and within Mm -hmm. my own race and my own culture and a lot of um, segregation within my family because my father was so uh, heavy on the streets and my father just was kind of, he just had that reputation of kind of like a difficult person to um, be around or to deal with because he had a very hard life. And yeah, man, I used to eat out of garbage cans with my whole family in New York city. Like there's a third world country in our own backyard. There's a lot of poverty in our, in, my, in our own backyard in America, which people don't really talk about or spread light on. But yeah, there's a lot going on. So growing up two years later, about seven years old, moved to Spanish Harlem in the projects where we got um, like assistance, like public assistance. And yeah, a lot of things I experienced like girls being raped in my staircase and um, you know, crackheads and uh, needles and being robbed by gunpoint Um, people wanting to kill my mother but they realized she was my mother so they didn't shoot her just all types of different violent situations that happens in New York City in Spanish Harlem that people don't really know about Mm. but I'm not I feel like all of it was like my testimony my story is a blessing And and I say it like with ease but it really goes down and it's real and I think people need to hear that and we need to spread light on those things and understand that you know um, it has to rain for flowers to grow, and whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. As cliche as these things may sound, but it, it's a part of my journey and my story, and um, I'm very proud to have gone through life. And I wouldn't, if I had to do it all over again, I would, and I, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. I Actually, mean, that's a lot of to yeah, t- process, uh, you know, throughout yeah, your life. It is, how especially are you able to age. deal with all of
2: that? Yeah, like how are you able to deal with that, and like what's your coping mechanism, and like. Were you able to get over this, or are you still fighting uh, these memories? Um,
0: I think I think every day we 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 just try to be stronger. I think yeah, I've, I have forms of PTSD for sure, um, and things that I can't necessarily completely erase that I've been through because um, I I suffered a lot and went through a lot of abuse and a lot of within my own family, and I'm I've had a hard life. But I've found throughout the years that I believe that. Um, all these emotions that I experienced in my, the shoes that I can't say because I walked in my shoes, that my shoes were heavier than your shoes or that, you know, you don't, you can't relate to what I've, what I've been through because I believe in equilibrium. And I believe that we all experience the same emotions, but pain tolerance is a very different thing. So, Mm. you know, it may, I may push you once and you start crying and it may take an army of men to bring me down to the floor to start crying. But we both cried and we both hurt and we both felt the same emotion. So I believe in equilibrium. And I've learned that along the way because when you're young and you suffer from that kind of trauma and and that kind of adversity and you overcome that, it takes a long time. You start to feel, you feel for a very long time like you don't know how it is to walk in my shoes and you don't know what it's like to go through what I've been through. But now I, I truly do believe in equilibrium. I just think that I have a very, very high pain tolerance. And um, and it's made me more of a vulnerable person at this age and at, at this position in my life. I, I could really relate to people and I could really truly um, understand that, you know, um, life is not easy and you never know what the next man's going through. And I think it has also turned me into a person that has like I'm I'm a very tough love kind of guy that could hurt a lot of people at times but I always say this man real friends and real family talk about you in your face not behind your back and I'm the kind of guy that's going to give you that reality but it's helped me also in developing artists and what I do and expressing myself and singing and writing songs so yeah so it's all a part of the it's all a part of the the journey and the, the gift you know.
1: That's where it's a big bird right there, but here's what I you said something very interesting. I want to I want to kind of touch up on right you said Being put through these stuff like this this environment has pushed your let's say pain threshold a Lot further than the average person. Let's say right Mm -hmm. But you said this has also increased your vulnerability Mm -hmm. Which is very interesting. So I really want to understand this this more how has it like since it takes a lot to bring you down how does this make you more vulnerable like what's the link there
0: because because i i I know the i know the other side of the rainbow you know i know i know after the rain comes the rainbow and after the rain flowers grow so i know that in life you just have to thug it out sometimes you have to go you have to respect the process you know when you're going through it for the first few times of your life you don't really know what's gonna happen but i'm a living testimony and i know that everything i've been through that you know the god that i believe in and i always put my god first in my life that he has let me Mm. out the other side and Mm. show me that the that the grass is not only green on this other side the grass is greener wherever you decide to plant or water you know amazing you have to you know so i realized like you know what it's, it's okay to cry it's okay not to be okay it's okay to break down and you have to look, be strong enough to cry you know you have to build that strength cry right, and to break down and it's, it takes a long longer time maybe for me to really break down but I it's made me it's kept me very humble and very human like I understand you know um the life is very real and, and I understand pain tolerance and some people you know, some people, like I said, they just, they'll break down for something smaller, but it doesn't mean that they it, they don't feel what I feel or just cause I had a hard life that what I went through is more, uh, you know, I don't know, n- not saying more dramatic because maybe it is, but what I went through makes me and my story, uh, you know, the most important one or the one that you have to have the most empathy or sympathy for because, I'm not really looking for that. I'm. I, I want to show people that, listen. If it don't kill you, you you and you survived, then be thankful for the net for the, the 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 air that you breathe in the the next hour and the next day because you got to keep going in this life. You can't stop. And if you have a dream, you have to, you know, you have to really really chase your dreams. And and it's like tackling a. Bull, like you know, trying to take a bull down, you know, when you have a dream and trying to make that dream come true. And every day, I'm still trying to do that because my dreams are so scary, like, my dreams are so big, they scare me, you know.
1: I mean, it shouldn't because you, I think, because you've had it hard growing up, you have the worth ethic that is required to reach that level of success in your field where the competition is. Scarily high and you know, they only take a few people that be it's like out of a hundred people that try to make it out in your industry I'd say about two or three really make it to the big leagues. You know what I mean? So I'm a huge believer in easy come easy go if you've had it easy You're really not gonna work hard because if it goes again, it's not you know something that's live or die I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say here but I
0: definitely like yeah. you have to when you, you know I always have an like when I say someone told me if your dreams don't scare you they're not big enough you know so what I say, what I mean is like I have big like I am I'm very grateful for everything I have but I am not satisfied yet like I'm on my first plate not my second or my dessert like I'm working hard to put this on for my culture like mm. I'm trying to be a voice for my culture and for kids that come from adversity that are sitting at home and trying to figure out how do I make my creativity pay off for me? How do I make a livelihood off of this? How do I get inside the TV or how do I, you know what I mean? Those things. And um, yeah, I always have this analogy of like, you know, who wants to watch a movie about someone who was born and had money and. They had a dream to be a singer. And you know what? They became a singer and they had success. Boom. That's boring. Like people want to know about the kid who was homeless, who didn't know he could sing, who started singing in a choir, who found God along the way, who realized, you know what? Singing the story what of the
2: underdog basically.
0: Yeah. And that is always the story that everyone could champion and everyone could relate to. And everyone wants to, um, find themselves within, you know, and, um, And that's what i and 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 when that's that's a climb right when you come from nothing and that's a climb so when you climb to the top of that mountain you're not going to let nobody push you off but if you just get to you get to the top of the mountain you're so fascinated with the view that anyone could come behind you and push you off because you're so Mm -hmm. fascinated at being at the top you really didn't climb up to the top you didn't find your own strength you know so Me finding my own strength, I think that's what's allowed me to have longevity in this industry. And maybe I'm not the most famous person in the world, but I can say, you know what? I've sold a million records in different territories, and I've wrote for a million different artists under the sun. And and I'm still going, and I'm still here, and I haven't even started yet. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's great to hear. I love it when people like you who really have a lot of good shit to offer, and you just say, I haven't even started yet. Like, whoa, you make me even more excited to, you know what? let's yeah, let's yeah. let's follow this let's see where this goes off to because and it's great it's amazing i think it's it's it, i think is exhilarating the word for it oh uh, yeah you I'll, could say i'll take
2: it yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah
1: i'll go for that i mean my english isn't that good uh, the, there's I'll, something I'll i kind of want
2: to yeah there's something kind of i kind of want to ask you about it's a bit like it's not not uh, okay it's a bit of a political question but not in the politics that you would ex- that you're thinking about um okay. it's more of like a class class thing so I always like I hear these discussions of how when people want to, you know, change like the the class that they're in. For so example, from lower, middle, and upper class, um, people are tend to find it very difficult to get out of their, in a sense, to make it uh, like to say it in a in a different way. It's like it, it's harder for them to get out of the situ- the circumstances they were born into, you know. So if mm-hmm. someone is born poor, it's most most of their lives they're going to spend it in that kind of region yeah financially mm-hmm. uh people who are in middle class they're going to be middle class for the rest of their lives and people who are upper class are just going to be upper class you know obviously there are exceptions and like there's a gray area and um i kind of want to see your opinion about it since you in a sense have gotten have been on like i, I would say maybe all three classes or <laughs> i don't know yeah, definitely. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah definitely. if all you could three. like maybe uh share your opinion well, on it
0: I think growing, growing up, um, because I didn't have a lot, it made me w- grow that desire. I wanted to, it made me want to want more because mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot. So there was, so, what all I could dream about when I was younger was I can't wait till I have the, the, the means to be able to afford the things that I don't have now. I can't wait to be able to fill the void, you know? So when I first got money, I was like, I never had shoes. I bought a lot of different shoes. I filled those voids. And even though it could have been the worst place to spend my money, it gave me the satisfaction that I needed at the time for my life because I hated having to walk around with holes in my shoes. And I hated to not have enough clothes and not have enough things. So from a very young age, I I, I wanted to want more. But when we talk about classism, like I think look, there's minimalists in the world who live and love the way they live, you know? And mm-hmm. I think I've been the kind of guy that always had to make the best of what he got. So I, if I had that one, I used to wear this one green sweater every day, not even a t-shirt underneath. And like, people be like, take your sweater off. And I'm like, no, I'm okay. But I, cause I knew I didn't have a t-shirt underneath, but I made sure that that sweater was clean. I made sure that when i walked in the room with that sweater i was grateful that i had a shirt or sweater to wear and i made the best of what i got and 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 i and i didn't allow that because listen you can have you can have all the money in the world doesn't make you rich some people are so poor all they have is money you know so yeah you know it depends on what how much classism really means what how much does that matter to you and in the world having money like what's the point point? and i could say as well that i think i've been blessed because every time i do whenever i made money or I make money i always share it and i always um respect it and try to manage it correctly and i don't abuse it as well and i think a big law of making money is you know it takes money to make money and you have to be able to you have to invest in yourself and you have to um appreciate what
2: you have as as well
0: how you manage it is how we're going to be judged at the end of the day like yeah from in my opinion the guy upstairs is going to say well how did you manage what i gave you when i gave you a hundred dollars how did you manage that you want a million but you can't manage a hundred you know what i mean so yeah I, i think i think being Realistic with yourself And, and also oh, yeah. Respecting finances oh, I mean, yeah. um, You know Being being grateful for what you do have Those are important things And having that drive like when you want, If you want to get out of your situation You have to find The 25th hour of the day And the 8th day of the week And you have to have a job To support your dream and you have to get up and work You can't sit there and be a victim Because you're only a victim once and you have to Make the best of what you have and be grateful for what, what you got. And if you have two arms and two legs and two really eyes and two ears, ears and you're function a functional person, like, get up and go get it. You know, what are you waiting for? Yeah, Something, something that I noticed people, a lot of people
2: do, is it's very easy for them to, you know, to complain about know, the situation behind me. So they, they would always complain, like, I don't have the tools to... Make this work for me, or like I don't have the tools to become successful because you know I can't afford it or I can't make it work. And then there's like you know, people like you, you know, you, just, you didn't have anything yet, somehow you did, you did like blossom and you, it worked out for you, even What's though you didn't have that, the the tools that, that people co- usually could complain about. You know,
0: well, I went, because when i, I did like I always wanted to. I said, how am I gonna get? More? So okay, let me work at Starbucks. Okay, like let me. How can I make money? Like you, if you want to get the tools to support your dream, if you want to be a videographer, then get a job so you can afford a camera. You know what I mean? Like exactly.
2: Yeah. Call someone. I'll go it.
0: I to it. But, you know I go up to. I a always. Be- being, being American, living in America, being Latino, knowing many immigrants, and seeing how this country works, you can go into a store and say, I'll write, i if you just give me ten dollars. Do that. Make ten dollars. You know what I mean? thousand so it's oh, it's
1: not, I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere, right? Everyone, everyone has to start somewhere for the... Like people... Here's, here's the worst thing I've seen people people wrong. Everyone expects to be successful. No one wants to work in a way to success, right? Everyone just wants it to happen in a day and night, right? Like, uh, like this podcast, they've been doing this for a year what almost a year right every single day really. grinding right putting out episodes talking to different people for an hour every single day even though I envisioned us in a year to reach a certain point right we didn't hit it yet but I've seen that you should appreciate the road that's taking you to that point you want to reach more than reaching that certain point right because when you can see that your work is pushing you towards a specific place that you're trying to reach, like you just appreciate that place even more. That's what
0: I've but this is the be- This is the most beautiful part of it. Yeah. You'll turn back when you, when you get the, the success you want. And so when that, after you get that success, now there's an expectancy. Right? Now there's like, now you set a bar for yourself and now there's an expectancy and now the work begins. Right now, this is just... You're just planting seeds, and they will grow. And you're beating the pavement, and one day it will crack open. But once it cracks that. open, now there's real pressure. Like, our questions gotta get better. We have to da da We have to, you know, maybe you won't even have an hour with everyone later. But right now, you have to just kind of like bask in the liberty that you have and doing this the way you want to do it you know what i mean because Basically, it's yeah. your dream and your vision you know imagine sponsors jump on in a network there's going to be an agenda and there's going to to push and there's going to be certain things you have to do and a nah. lot of things you know those things imagine <laughs> yep. though like you could you wouldn't be able to do it a True, million yeah. percent the way you want to do it yep. so people have to understand that like this is the beauty of it all like bask in that journey and that you know like damn i'm tired when is this gonna pay off like don't forget how that feels you know what i mean because yep. you won't get it back later you know what i mean and um yeah a lot of people want things but and this happens all the time even in like auditioning artists or finding people and watching them become blossom like Camila cabello into or all of fifth harmony and watching cnco and all these kids like there were so many other kids that wanted that same success, mm. and you lead you lead them to the door, and you say, you know what? This is what, this is the door. Turn the knob, walk through it now, and you realize how quick they are not ready. Everyone wants to be a star. Everybody wants to make it to the top, but everybody's not ready for that, you know. Yeah. Because they when they realize walking through that door. They'll never be able to have that old life. They have to sacrifice a lot. And, and now they have to really put in the work. Now the marathon begins. They're not willing to run those extra miles. You know what I mean?
1: Basically. But I have a favorite saying of mine is uh, hunger gets you the bread. Right? Mm, I if love that. <laughs> the more you're hungry, the more likely you are to get off up your ass, right? And go grab that bread, right? Like you go and get that shit so yeah these are
2: local anecdote uh, yeah. anecdote that's
1: that's what i do i'm the guy with the <laughs> and you know what
0: talking funny. about talking about hunger <clears throat> it's okay to be and it's it's hunger is the appropriate word but there's also a lot of desperation as well and that is not what you want to be you don't want to be desperate be hungry but not desperate because desperation is pathetic and desperation is like desperation really also shows a lack of patience shows a lack of self-belief and insecurity so i always tell people that too like be hungry don't be desperate you know be we have you have to also be patient for and be and and, and respect the universe and understand it be let thankful, the bread I bake thank, <laughs> let the bread bake that's dope that's dope and be, be thankful for the things that you you that the the the, the 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 higher power gives you and be thankful for the things it doesn't give you what the hell nope. is this
1: Anyways, <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry about it. You're someone good. Someone
0: could be here. I think someone could be here. Um, I think it's my No, I yeah. got it like I got an appliance coming, so I'm like, don't I think worry. they're call- calling me to bring them appliance. Don't but... <laughs> worry about
1: it. You're good, you're good. But yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit about Milo, you know, was, was that Kitsatos?
0: Right? Was that Melvin? <laughs> no, that was that's young Raph. That's young Raph. And he is like my biggest kept secret right now, and he's one of the most exciting things I've worked on in my whole career. God so like, he's coming. Hey. He's oh. coming. You wanna
1: do you wanna talk a little bit about him, or is he still like under the wraps, under the
0: no? <laughs> no, no, I could talk about young Raph. Young Raph is the future of, of Latin music, of music. He's innovative, he's young, he's fun, he's um not afraid to just be who he is. He's mm. you know, no, no one could really embarrass him because he'll embarrass himself. He's mm. he's vulnerable, he's I mean, he's just amazing, like Because from his voice to his writing to his performance to his imagination, his creativity and his vulnerability. And I think he's really something he's a force to be reckoned with. And um everyone that has seen what I'm doing with Raf has been amazed. I've already had multiple record deal offers on him and I we haven't jumped into anything yet because we're just creating pulling putting, you know, the creating the product, making the product bulletproof, you know? And yep. um Perfecting and the recipe I'm, that is, Young grass. and he's patient, right? and he's patient. He's young, you know. He's he's a y- he's young. He's nineteen years old, and yeah. he, we've been working on his project since he was about fifteen, and he's amazing. Wow. He cuts his own vocals, he writes, he produces, he sings. He's really hands on, and he and he loves. He's to like perform. the whole package. He truly is, and he's something <clears throat> that people have not seen. And when the only things you can relate him to our very amazing innovative artists, you know, amazing. like yeah. Miss Missy Elliott and like um I don't know, <laughs> he's just he's something else, you know? He has that he has a little bit of everything. He all the ingredients to make a superstar. And I think I've been very good at spotting those superstars out and being a part of those legacies. And he is just super, 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 super exciting. Amazing.
2: Honestly. Right. By the so, way, speaking about, about the Latin community, so you're saying that you really want to give back to the community and like basically make it grow and like what kind of impact are you looking to leave on on the Latin community?
0: Well, I think um when I speak of the Latin community, I speak of um I speak of the spanglish, the new Latino, the new face of Latino, the new language, the, the true language, the new generation who we really are today. It's not the pressure of being directly from the country and speaking perfect Spanish, because no language is perfect and who speaks a perfect language, right? But, you know, growing up as Latino in America, in New York, you know, I see the contribution we had to hip hop, r and uh, and then pop music and pop culture, and also being so proud of being latino and listening to you know mark anthony and juan luis guerra and juan gabriel and still listening to dmx biggie smalls jay-z you know and britney spears and sync and all the music like Mm. i think that people forget about the spanglish artists you know i feel like there's a pressure you never feel white enough black enough and then when you go to your own country you don't feel accepted because you're not necessarily born in that country. But we know that the majority of Latino, the population of the world now, is Latino or Spanish-speaking, bilingual-speaking. So what about those artists? I think Cardi B, 6 9 those are artists that are breaking those doors open, yep. right?
1: D-Smoke as e- well. D-Smoke is really good.
0: D-Smoke, this- I mean, amazing. Even yep. Bruno Mars, people don't talk about... How his father's Puerto Rican from Brooklyn. You know, wait, I really? Know yeah, I know Bruno personally. Like, his father's Puerto Rican from Brooklyn. He's. Wait, that's no, and it just, I, I'm surprised
1: that Bruno Mars dad's Puerto Rican. Uh, that's that's what I meant. I was like, whoa, I never I never knew is. that. I just didn't know where and he was p- from.
0: Yeah, and people don't why because maybe he's not speaking in Spanish. It doesn't mean Probably. he's not proud to. It's not doesn't mean he's not proud to be Latino. It doesn't mm. mean so I. I have a whole vision for Spanglish artists and artists that grew up with all these influence and are very proud mm. to be who they are. And I feel like that is the verge of what we're walking into, you know? And um, I wanna eliminate those pressure, pressure of being Latin. I'm trying to bridge the gap from the Grammys and the Latin Grammys. Like what us in the middle who are not necessarily Latin, Latin, Spanish, speaking or uh completely latin but or completely americanized but we we're spanglish we're proud to to have all of those influence and be both of those influence and have the and conch and make a big contribution to the the culture you know so i'm a little uh,
1: anti-grammy though i have to say i'm not really with the whole grammy situation and this whole music awards (laughs) thing i'll be very honest to me it's it's, like
0: It can get very political. And I think um, the one thing that I uh, really dislike about the Grammys is that the writers and the producers, we, unless you fall under a certain category, you only get a certificate. And that is just so disheartening for the writers who write and work so hard, have to wait for eight months to make a penny if the song is a single. Like once so once you write a song, then you have to pitch the song. It could take two years to pitch the song. So you haven't made a dollar yet. Say so say it took two years. Now now the song's an artist, right? Now you have mm-hmm. to hope that it's a single. Now, after the single comes out, you have to hope that it's a success. Now, if it is a success, you have to wait about eight months to make a penny on the record. So now you haven't made a dollar for over almost three years. On That's a if song. the record got on one song that's damn. if the song get placed but now you also have some artists who walk around and say that they wrote the damn song and you're like no you didn't and you don't even give credit to the writer or producer and now if they win the grammy they're, they're up there singing the praises saying thank you but what about the writer and the producer like we can't get a physical grammy and we put in the work vocal produce wrote produce like you have to fight for this and, it, I'm with and you. Then, it's 100%. ridiculous sometimes, yeah, it is. you know so um
2: has that happened to you because it sounds like uh you're it's, it's happened a you're million times home. i mean oh. i have like
0: 12 nominations i have grammys you know um for instance i have a um a, Gra- a grammy award win for maluma featuring jason derulo i was i got called in i vocal produced the session i wrote I did all these things. I helped Jason Derulo sing in Spanish. Like, and I can't get a physical Grammy. I have to chase for a physical Grammy. How don't I, how am Mm. I not deserving of, for my work? You know, but...
1: Yeah. Um, um, uh, listen, we've talked about this crazy. before. I've always said the producer, music producers, right? Those who are on the guitar or on the drums or producing the beat on like whatever application they're using nowadays. Those guys are the most underappreciated people in the music industry. Yet at the same time, they are the backbone of the music industry. Because without you guys, there wouldn't be no Drake, uh, Kanye West, you name it. You know, there wouldn't be whoever it is that's famous now so i'm with you on that they are very underappreciated so
0: and, and shout out shout out to the artists who do give spread a lot of love you know like when i worked with kylie minogue she said my name I worked with omarion he said my name like there's a lot of artists that i've worked with that you know what we're not afraid or bothered to say my name and to say you know what this experience with eddie was great and um and that means a lot it means it means a whole lot and then there's artists who are making millions and still want publishing and didn't write anything and don't mention your name and want the perception to be that they created it themselves and same on those artists and it's like you know what i feel like that's the devil's work people who uh a part of that kind of thing is stealing intellectual property and stuff like that like you really you really have to be operating from a demonic source and if that's what you want to be in life you'll answer to that one day later so you know um, but shout out to those artists that really um, appreciate and and put writers and producers on a pedestal, you know?
2: Yeah, but what do these people benefit from, like, like basically taking all the credit?
0: Well, more money. More money, more notoriety in their head. It, maybe it makes them more superior. I don't know. But... Um, it's not who I am, so I really can't um,
2: <laughs> speak for speak
0: them. on their behalf, you know. But yeah, <laughs> that's all I. Could. That's the only way I could see it. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't know. It's, it's it's must be ego and pride and all these other things that you know that the mm. industry can implant yeah. in in the artists' heads. You know. By the
2: way, you mentioned a misconception about uh, artists, where people always think that if you're if you're a very if a popular artist or and you're making music, that means you're instantaneously rich. But in reality, you're not. and, and, and you take, it takes a long like you said, it takes like up to three years for you to make a penny on just one song. And most of the time, it's mainly the, the record labels and the, um, and the studios that are making the money off of your songs and your, your music because they're the ones who are distributing it.
0: Definitely. So, I mean, yeah. if you're an if you're if you're an artist who's writing their music, yeah, you're gonna make you're making some publishing money. If you're an artist that has a big hit record and could work in the club, then maybe you can walk into clubs and get a bag to show up. But you know, um, if you're an artist that just has song streaming and an artist that is still growing, like you're in the red. People have invested money into you for your video, for mixing, for mastering, for studio time for dinners for whatever for clothing for styling for marketing all these things are money that has to be recouped back so you're in the red you're not you're not really making money you're working your way out of the red so you can make money you know so the hope for an artist is to have a song that really makes some big noise and works in uh on a performance level and you can go get some money in the club or doing shows because that money is kind of quicker, you know what I mean? Um, And if you write your music, then maybe there's some advances you could get from the, you know, the writers unions and the publishing companies, hopefully, if, if you want to do a publishing deal, which, you know, I I don't really recommend that for anyone unless they really understand what they're getting into. Um, But yeah, it's not, the perception is not what, It's not the reality but perception is reality to a degree for the masses you know if you look at someone has a million followers you're like oh they're popular they're famous i'm late to the party let me follow them but it doesn't necessarily mean they're a million real followers it doesn't mean that their music is selling a million units
2: Mm -hmm. um
0: you know you can have a lot of followers and not have no sales you know what i mean
2: yeah
1: I definitely do know what you mean, and yeah, I, I get it. But uh, in terms of in terms of working with a bunch of people, right? Do you have a dream like person you'd love to work with one day? Like, who's who's your mm-hmm. dream artist to work with one day? Or are you more of a build the stars and not buy them kind of guy?
0: No, I mean, I would. I mean, there's still people that I would love to work with. Like, I've never worked with Rihanna. I would love to work with Coldplay. I would love to work with Seal. I would love to work with Sade. I would love to. You know, and I still would love to work with any of these new cats. I love little Uzi. I love, you know, the baby, even though, like, I just was in a studio session with him, but I didn't get to, like, work with him, but we were just together in Miami. But um, I, I I respect, like, the, you know, the legends and the future legends. Like, I think kids are important, and, you know, the vernacular of today is important to capture. We don't put lit in... Um, all these words into a song then we lose a whole generation you know imagine when they wrote do the mashed potato do the twist like that was like back in the day that was like urban you know it wasn't (laughs) it was like hip-hop it was like street it was like rebellious so but it's important to capture these things because if we don't capture them then we lose a whole generation so i'm and i learned i learned so much from the 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 new culture and the new age and music changes you know and i I'm here for the evolution. I can't hold on to what music used to be and only that. And you know, Bruno is great at being nostalgic, and uh, you know, Little Uzi is the future. I'm cool with both of them. You know what I mean? I love it all.
1: Oh no, for me, I'm not a big fan of like most of the newcomers. But you mentioned people like The Baby, right? The Baby is mm-hmm. really good. Uh, who else is new and is upcoming? Uh, Bro, Triple X until he died, like he was. I had huge hopes for him. I was following this guy to like trying to see where this goes, unfortunately. RIPX, right? Uh, Juice World. Juice, Juice World. World Juice, Juice. Dude, Juice World was gonna be like the next Drake, period. Juice World at his age, featuring in a song with someone as big as Eminem. What artist mm. reaches that point, right? In that age is just crazy and like again RIP Juice right there's yeah. it's, but it's crazy it's crazy how music is slowly changing and every time someone turns out to be big they change the game right but I want to know little Eddie in your opinion who do you think changed the music industry like had the most impact of change in the music industry like in how long in, in their era of stay, right? Like, who has changed the game to a whole nother level? Like, we can talk about dead artists or new artists.
0: I mean, Michael Jackson. Who isn't inspired by him? Word. I see. I see
1: how it is. Okay. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Right, yeah.
2: Who is I not, not inspired
0: saying. by Mike? I mean, from performing <laughs> to vocal to style to... that The transformation of being someone so delicate and then polite and 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 then being like a monster on stage and i know he's a political name and i don't care what people have to say because he still will be the greatest of all time he and is no the greatest of all ever, time yep you know and i personally don't believe in any of those statements but neither do for i for me michael jackson is the greatest of all time and he will always be in everybody what artist i mean you could speak to a two three-year-old kid and they know who michael jackson is that is insane all the way to the oldest of the oldest person in the world and they know who Michael Jackson is and everything in the middle and any culture any race that is the power of music and that is to me like the most inspiring artist of all time he's he's harnessed
1: the power very very delicately I I can say that
0: like with chess, his, you it's know? like there's music and then there's Michael Jackson and I just
1: yeah he's his
0: yeah. own genre of music period like he's Yo, just michael jackson
1: i mean he I, I don't even think he's the king of pop i think he is pop like period right he's, like that's it he's he, he, there's he, god and
0: then there's michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's that's you pretty
1: know? much true but it's crazy how even when he's dead right like he's left behind a legacy where what it's been has a bit yeah it's been like 10 11 years after it's his been dead. he's been 16. how ha- really five right 2005 no, right he died in two, 2009 i think let me fact check this real quick but uh <laughs> when did mj die uh 2009 yep see i remember but oh, it's crazy All like right. the legacy he's left behind so many years after he's been dead, right? It's just, it's crazy. So, and his music is timeless. We like no one can deny it. So this is a question I, mean, you I ask.
0: To like, you listen to criminal. like really, Smooth Criminal, Smooth yeah. Criminal, Rock with You, or Thriller? Any of those records like they sound like they were produced yesterday.
1: Yep, timeless. So I want to ask you, you
0: know, uh,
1: yeah. Little Eddie. Let me ask you this. I ask this to every artist or singer, songwriter, producer, whoever that's in the music industry that comes on our show. I ask them this question. So let me ask it to you. What makes music or certain like a record? What makes any kind of music timeless?
0: What makes music timeless? I think, um, I think there's a few different ingredients. I think when, because you we gotta understand that the definition of timeless will forever keep changing because the vernacular will keep changing the the what what the words that people say on the street will keep changing. Mm. like timeless, depending on your age bracket could be Motown, right? But uh um, go short it. It's your birthday. That's timeless. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: yeah. How yeah. could you say that's
0: not, you know, Drake is timeless. Like we're always gonna remember best I ever had and all the Drake songs. Rihanna is timeless. There's a few things I think when the artist, the producer, the writing, the melodies, the lyric content, all those th- ingredients are trapped in a bottle, you know, this very second that they captured on recording, when all those things are captured and you know, and delivered into the world and where the temperature of the world is at, that will make a record. It's more important than just a record. It's a timeless record. It's an explosion. It's like mm. you took time and you trapped time into a digital sound bite. And now the whole world can feel that frequency and operates on that frequency. It's like a spell, you know, it's a spell, but, um, some people will argue and say timeless is a certain caliber of lyrics. Da 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 da, da, da. but I don't believe that because you know, no. Because do the mashed potato, do the twist. That's not a timeless record to you. Uh, I mean, uh, compared to like Bobby
1: Cadwell's "What You Won't Do for Love," like.
0: Yeah, but it's still it's if if I was a 60 year old man right now and that was the song I danced to at prom, you think that that song doesn't hold a very important part in my life it's not timeless mm-hmm. whenever I hear it at a diner or whenever I play it at a jukebox or stream it online that it's not going to take me back that it's not going to live forever like timeless is living forever and it's it, it's when literally it, you, you have so many memories attached to it you know and I think that it, you don't have to be diane warren to write a timeless song you don't have to be david foster or quincy jones to write a timeless song like mm. though what they have done is amazing is they've wrote masterpieces you know beethoven but look at look where music started you know or look at like what was considered timeless back then it was like beethoven
1: it was like mm. but to say timeless you can't really say classical. back then, because like to this day it still remains timeless you know what i mean so that's
0: but look at 50 Cent, when that came out, that wasn't going to, that was never looked at as a timeless record mm. until it hit number one. And like, that song, that's the new Happy Birthday. It's playing every day somewhere in the world. That makes <laughs> yeah, it very true. timeless to me.
1: Very true. Over yep. well, I, t- I respect that. So before we run out of time, because we're almost out of time, I have to ask you, ways, I really um, have to ask you this question. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick, but hey. Do it. Let's do it, right? Uh, Your favorite song of all time?
0: Favorite song of all time? Yep. Mm, One of of them is Sade by Your Side.
1: That's one of them. So, what about, like, let's go for top five of your favorite songs of all time?
0: Sade by Your Side, Um, Seal, uh, Loves Divine. Okay. Uh,
2: Seals, yeah.
0: Coldplay, Yellow. Mm. Um, I would say uh, Michael Jackson, um, Rock With You. And I would say Stevie Wonder, um, I Never Dream You Leave in Summer.
1: You know what? That's a perfect uh, playlist for you right there. You all should go and check it out, (laughs) right? Also, Uh, thank you for watching another episode of A2 The Show. If you guys enjoyed this episode half as much as we enjoyed filming it for you, please like, subscribe, and share. We'll leave a link to Lil' Eddie, uh, all his uh, music, his uh, stuff, his social media. You go follow him, check him out. Let him know we sent you, (laughs) right? Uh, Thanks to Said for filling for Ali. Ali's not here, obviously, but uh, he will be back very soon. Uh, Eddie! Is there anything like shout out or let the world know?
0: Yeah, man, keep it locked. Look out for Broken Hearts Club. That's my production company, Young Rav. You know what I mean? Um, Ario, Kid Santos, you know, we just working over here and um, you know, all my dreamers keep dreaming. Work hard work pays off, don't give up. And uh yeah, sending love into the world in these times and We're all going to make it through. And thank you guys for the opportunity to speak on this platform. And uh, lots of love to what you guys are doing. And you got my support anytime.
1: Well, brother, it's (laughs) been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for coming. Thank you guys for watching. Again, like, subscribe, share. Thank you so much, man. This has been us on A to the Show. We say peace, love, (laughs) happiness, and we'll see you.
0: (laughs) All right, guys.